Welcome back, Creatures of the Night, to episode 62 of the Collecting Dead Man podcast. I am your host, as always, Stephen Zeman, and I want to welcome you to a very special Memorial Day dropped episode of the Collecting Dead Man podcast, as I hope you're all enjoying your very long weekend and remembering those who gave the ultimate sacrifice for our freedom in this country. If you have not done so already, please subscribe to this podcast. I am available wherever all podcasts are found, from Apple iTunes to Spotify and everything else in between. And after you are done subscribing to this podcast, please leave me a five-star rating or review uh, wherever possible, as it greatly helps out the podcast to spread it throughout the world and to all the creatures of the night worldwide. I am also available on Twitter at Collect Up Dead, on Instagram at Collecting Dead Man, and on YouTube at Collecting Dead Man Podcast. So make sure to uh, follow me wherever you can so to continue to spread this podcast throughout the Undertaker and wrestling community. Um, little brief uh, watch along updates uh, before we get started on the episode. Uh, as you know, the next installment of our watch-alongs with Randy Turco, the gimmick watch-along, was just dropped the other day as me and Randy took a look back at the Boiler Room Brawl at SummerSlam 1996. Uh, Me and Randy donned our best Undertaker hat and gloves uh, so that we can put on a cosplay show for those watching on YouTube. I don't know if we uh, look like The Undertaker or the Survivor Series 1994 announced team, Uh, But we definitely uh, had fun doing that, and uh, next month we will be bringing you his two last ride matches uh, against JBL at No Mercy 2004 and Mr. Kennedy at Armageddon 2006, so we can knock both of those out of the park as well. So I always have a fun time um, doing that with Randy Turco monthly, and I hope that you enjoy that podcast or the video podcast as well as we had fun recording it. Coming to you uh, tomorrow, if you're listening to this on when this drops on Monday, uh, my next installment of the Brothers of Destruction story with Canaanite 10 drops as we take a look back at uh, between the Royal Rumble 2001 and No Way Out 2001 as the Brothers of Destruction get hardcore. They fight in the SmackDown Extreme First Blood match, multiple multi-men matches, and um, multiple tag team title matches before getting to the triple threat table match at No Way Out 2001. So you get to hear all our fun stories, all our fun commentary, and find out who Canaanite 10 really can't stand. Um, but I will not spoil that now. I will wait for you to listen to that podcast and that watch along as it drops tomorrow. Uh, but that is it for podcast news. Uh, I hope that you continue to like what I put out there each and every week and multiple times a week. As uh, Let's jump right into Tales from the Grave as I run down my top five Undertaker badass entrances. Not Tales from the Grave, that's where I give you a top 5 or a top 10 list. Uh, talk about each thing in the uh, as I run down the list, 
and give you any Undertaker news or figure news that has happened in the last week or so. Now last week I talked about my top five Undertaker American Badass figures, so I thought it was only right to follow it up with my top five Undertaker Badass entrances. Um, now that is anywhere between The Undertaker's American Badass persona from 2000 to 2003. And we'll kick it right off with number 5, and that is WrestleMania 17. Um, just The Undertaker uh, being in the Astrodome, roaring his motorcycle down to face Triple H. You know, he's in his hometown of Houston, Texas. And, um, you know, it's the, it's the first grandiose uh, American Badass entrance that we've gotten. Uh, you know, it's at WrestleMania. It's, in, it's a large arena, stadium. And you have uh, this long entrance ramp. He's blazing right down it. And uh, just, you know, you have Limp Biscuit in the background playing, you know, uh, as he rolls down, you know, not Limp Biscuit live, as we'll get to later on in the uh, uh, countdown, but just having the Roland in the background, having Undertaker roar down to the ring and get started on that awesome match with Triple H at WrestleMania 17, there's no doubt this had to be on my list, and it cranks right up there at number five. Now, number four coming out on my list is uh, his debut at Judgment Day 2000. Uh, a bit of a short entrance, but an important one nonetheless. It's his debut as the American Badass. You get the, the countdown from the girls, the uh, shadow of the motorcycle coming in, and then all of a sudden he appears. And he, in trench coat denim, the bandana and glasses and just goes to town on the McMahon Helmsley faction because you don't know if he's there to help The Rock or help Triple H but he makes his he makes his position really clear as he takes out the McMahon Helmsley faction to help Rock you know give Rock a, a leg up in this match unfortunately Michael sees him tombstone Triple H which gives Rock the DQ which makes Triple H you know give that one point edge over Rock and end up winning the title. But just, you know, his interactions with Stephanie and DX and Vince McMahon, you know, that Vince McMahon, you know, hitting him in the back and then trying to run away, that's still classic. Um, but just, you know, him just going to town, him being totally dominating this faction that's dominated the WWF for the past half a year, he's going right through them. Uh, but Judgment Day 2000, I think that, that comes in at number four on my list. And number three on my list is the uh, WrestleMania 18. Uh, that's his match against Ric Flair. He's in Toronto. Uh, you know, you have a more heelish Undertaker, uh, but you still have him on the motorcycle coming down a WrestleMania ramp. Uh, to face Ric Flair, you know, one of the best matches of the night. Definitely an underrated Undertaker-WrestleMania match, in my opinion. Uh, but um, to have um, his entrance at a WrestleMania is always special. Um, especially one that we'll get to uh, soon enough in the countdown. Uh, but to come out, you know, in Canada uh, on his motorcycle... And you get that uh, shot in the back 
as he's coming uh, through, you know, through the uh, backstage into the arena. You get that shot of him coming on his motorcycle all the way from the backstage. It's a really cool shot to have him uh, coming in from the back, and then just it goes right into the arena shot. I think that was really remarkably done how they did that. Um, but I always remember that awesome shot of in the backstage, him coming down the and then going right into the arena. That's why number three is WrestleMania 18. So we are down to the final two. And um, The Undertaker always knows how to make a great entrance. Um, you know, and especially, you know, when his, his American Badass entrances, you know, they're really not, sometimes not as grandiose and as memorable of course, as his dead man ones, because, you know, he was only an American badass for, you know, f two and a half, three years. But he brings it back at WrestleMania 36. And that's where number two comes in, the Boneyard match, his Boneyard entrance. I consider this a mix of dead man and badass, uh, as he has done as well. So that's why I thought I'd group it into the badass entrances. And that's where, uh, you know, just having Metallica playing in the background, which they would have been playing live if it was in front of an audience, which would have been the more amazing experience, I'm sure. But to have him, you know, coming down that road and just that's all you see is the motorcycle headlight. And, you know, as soon as I saw that watching it at home, I knew it was going to be such an amazing experience, such a fun match. But to have, you know, the gates to the cemetery open and the motorcycle comes in and you see, you don't see the Undertaker really until he steps off the motorcycle. It, the camera pans up from his legs to his face and you get to see, you know, he brought out his badass gear, but it's, you know, it's a darker dead man version of the badass gear. And, uh, you know, just to have that awesome motorcycle entrance brought back again for what is right now his last match and you know and also his exit his exit with raising the arm and his symbol in the back and him you know racing off into the sunset and um just into the darkness he disappears it's amazing done it's amazingly done how they did that so of course number two is the boneyard match and you're thinking what could be better than that and I had to think of Wrestlemania 19 not one of Undertaker's best matches not one of Undertaker's best Wrestlemania matches I know but his entrance with the American flag on the back of his motorcycle uh, you know his nephew just being deployed to uh, Iraq for the uh, the fight in the war you have Limp Bizkit playing alive Undertaker really breaking the curse of live uh, performances because usually when people have a live performance they usually lose the match uh, but Undertaker being played down to the ring by Limp Bizkit with Limp Bizkit's dancers uh, Undertaker you know winning the match winning the handicap match at the end but having the American flag there him you know having the flag in his victory celebration that large you know Seattle ramp and that he gets to, you know, really roar his motorcycle down, you know, shades of uh, WrestleMania 17. But just have the, all, like, the fanfare of Limp Bizkit there live, have that, that uh, you know, him with the fireworks and the flag 
and everything. It's everything about his American badass persona. So that's why it was very hard to edge out the Boneyard entrance. But um, I think WrestleMania 19 is one, is one of the entrances that really sticks with me. And it's also an entrance that sticks with the WWE as they tend to use that a lot in promo packages when going back to his badass persona. So that is my top five list. WrestleMania 17, Judgment Day 2000, WrestleMania 18, WrestleMania 36, and WrestleMania 19. So quite the array of Undertaker badass entrances and uh, quite the memorable moments that he made at all of those uh, events. So that is my top five list. What is yours? I would love to give. You, I would love for you to give me your top five or even top ten. If you have more than five favorite badass entrances, definitely let me know. Uh, you can let me know in the comments on my Twitter post or my Instagram post, and let me know which entrances really stuck with you when Undertaker was in his American badass persona. Uh, but other than that, the Undertaker news of the week is that Mattel did the May reveals and we got better glamour shots of Superstar Series 3, the Walmart exclusive Undertaker uh, that is in the set of Papa Shango, Mankind, and Million Dollar Man Ted DiBiase. It looks like Undertaker is in the Hulk Hogan and Ultimate Warrior spot where, where they save their uh, heavy hitter figure for being released in its own separate box and shipping. Uh, later than Series 3, so hopefully that means he'll be more uh, prevalent to find on the pegs and online. Uh, but he looks great, you know, it's classic gray dead man, like I talked about at the WrestleMania Access reveals. It's classic gray dead man, removable hat, tie, cloak, extra set of hands. Um, he looks great. I really wish they would have gone with the purple Undertaker for this, as the purple Undertaker tends to pop more on the pegs. You know, that'd be, you know, new generation Undertaker fits more with the Mankind they did here in the series. So I think if they can done like the purple Undertaker with the brown Mankind, I think that would have been a better pairing. Uh, but you know, the gray Undertaker fits if, you know, you want to go to like the Ric Flair, the Honky Tonk Man, the Million Dollar Man, the Papa Shango, you know, of this, you know, the main things of the line. Even the Shawn Michaels, I think, fits the gray Undertaker era, but um, I think the purple Undertaker probably would have been the best way to go in this set, just because it would have popped more. Um, but, you know, doing the gray Undertaker, I'm not going to complain. I know I'm going to need a punched and an unpunched version of this. Uh, it's a great looking figure, and uh, I really can't wait. I really can't wait till it uh, is on store shelves and online availability. Uh, but that is it right now for Undertaker figures um, that's in the pipeline. WWE Shop did release the Brothers of Destruction Bobblehead Undertaker that's available for purchasing. And uh, Foco released images of a new generation mini bobbleheads that Undertaker is a part of. Uh, so a couple new bobbleheads available for purchases and pre-orders. Um, but no really other Undertaker merchandise news. And no really Undertaker news of the week. The only really big thing is, you know, Michelle McCool was a guest on the uh, Women's of Wrestling podcast where she talked to Randy Wharton and Kurt Angle's wives. Uh, you know, just about, you know, her life as Undertaker's wife and her career. 
you know, having the cops being called on her by a prank 911 caller saying that she killed the undertaker so they had to verify that he was alive. Can only imagine the experience that was. And her just talking about the struggles of actually dating him. You know, the backstage reaction and her being really cast as, you know, being seen as like, um, you know, someone that, you know, is taking the Undertaker away from people and people think that she's doing it for clout in the company when she says that she was really apprehensive to date him. Um, but you, But it's just the stuff that happens in life and, you know, some people perceive it and they perceive things differently and they get jealous as I'm sure that uh, she felt as well but I can only imagine what how you know how things transpired backstage and you know I give her credit for sticking it out and give credit to the undertaker for not uh, listening to people backstage and not listening to uh, you know the crap being you know flown at them as as they say. But that is it really. For Undertaker news comes to us from Michelle McCool, and Undertaker figure news comes to us with the superstars reveal. Um, but hopefully more news in the next week or so. But until then, let us talk about weekly purchases where I add to my Undertaker collection by digging up the dead man. <laughs> Okay, this week in weekly purchases, I was uh, I found a uh, fun thing. As you know, weekly purchases is brought to you by eBay, Macari, USPS, UPS, FedEx, and anything else I may find in the stores, which is very unlikely this time of year, apparently. Uh, but uh, some things that came into my collection this week is that I was able to find the Off the Ropes Undertaker variant. As, you, as I have found out, there were two Off the Ropes Undertakers released, one in a tank top and one in the uh, larger badass tank top that, that was seen in Ruthless Aggression Series 4. Um, so uh, a couple months ago, I was able to get one from uh, my good friend Blade on Instagram, and this one came through eBay. I found a great deal on that. Uh, so another Off the Ropes Undertaker, the variant, I would say, added to my collection. Uh, my good friend Canaanite 10 surprised me with such an awesome gift. He uh, got me the Great American Bash Undertaker. Um, one of the worst figures Jack's ever made. I think I made that a uh, Buried Alive segment one day. Uh, one of these uh, episodes was just, you know, bad head sculpt, the pants... The oversized MMA gloves, the 1998-1997 photo used, just a terrible uh, action figure, but one I needed for my collection, and definitely a Undertaker figure I remember for nostalgic reasons having in my uh, collection when I was uh, playing as a um, middle schooler, almost teenager in 1994. Five, I think? In 2005, I mean. Boy, I'm getting all screwed up in my years. 2005, 2006. So I was like 13, 14. So yeah, I remember having that in my collection. So I was talking about that with Canaanite 10, and he surprised me with that amazing gift. So I could not thank him enough. 
uh, other fun stuff that I added to my collection. Uh, I was talking about the uh, the Attitude Racing cars. I was able to find a couple more. Uh, so I completed the uh, the variant carding on the Undertaker uh, cars. And just a few other things that uh, hasn't made its way uh, through the mail yet. So hopefully I'll be able to talk about that on next week's episode. Because I always think that more things are going to be arriving in the mail. But they never make it here on time in time for the podcast. Uh, you know, probably due to the holiday today and everything. But uh, yeah, it was fun to add the variant off the ropes Undertaker. The Great American Bash Gift from Canaanite 10. I got a nice mint example of Mean Callus from eBay. And of course the uh, Attitude Racing Undertaker found the last one to complete all the variant cards. So it's fun to cr- uh, cross that off my list. So more to talk about next week. But until then, let us get to Taker's Mark where we'll be uh, talking about another underrated Undertaker Hell in the Cell match. So for the past couple weeks I've been talking about my favorite underrated Undertaker Hell in a Cell matches. You know, we kicked it off with Shane McMahon at WrestleMania 32. We talked about CM Punk at Hell in a Cell 2009. And you know, Undertaker's had some amazing Hell in a Cell matches. You know, you think of Mankind, you think of Shawn Michaels, you think of Edge at SummerSlam. Uh, Triple H at Wrestlemania but one that, the one that lots of people just slip by I don't know why because it's an amazing rivalry and this match really put a cap on it it's Armageddon 2005 against Randy Orton now you've heard me talk about this last year in my favorite Wrestle, uh, Hell in the Cell matches as which I did with um, the CM Punk one as well, and you talk, you heard us uh, talk about this um, with Keegan in a watch along of uh, Armageddon All Five, but just um, just think about how underrated it is, because a lot of people really don't talk about this in terms of Undertaker's, you know, best Hell in a Cell matches. You know, they talk about the end of an era with Triple H. They talk about Mankind. They talk about Shawn Michaels. They talk about uh, Brock Lesnar, uh, whether it be 2002 or 2015, both great. Uh, even Undertaker's on the losing side of both, both great matches, such great rivalry uh, with Brock Lesnar. Um, but the Orton one tends to be overlooked, and I really don't know why, is it puts such a cap on the rivalry, much like the SummerSlam one against Edge did, as Undertaker has been you know, put through hell and back with the Orton's. Uh, you know, he got the uh, the victory at WrestleMania, and then Randy Orton got the victory at SummerSlam and No Mercy. So Undertaker was behind the eight ball, uh, you know, two to one, and then Undertaker ties it up with the uh, very underrated SmackDown match, uh, and then so it's basically tied two and two. So Armageddon is the one to see who wins this rivalry. And Undertaker, again, this could be a match that's very one-sided, but Undertaker tends to give Randy a lot of offense. You know, you think going into this match, Undertaker's going to totally dominate. 
But, you know, he gives so much to Randy. As he still gives to Edge in 2008 and gives to Punk in Hell in the Cell. You know, Undertaker, you know, is supposed to be dominating. But, you know, he gives a lot to these guys, you know, to show that it's believable that they get offense in here. And, you know, Undertaker's come back a brand new look. Bursting through the flaming casket from the month prior and he's there for revenge and you know he gives Randy a couple receipts as you see by that horrendous cheer shot uh, midway through the match and it's just a great back and forth action but you know that um, you know it's capping off a rivalry you can, you know Hell in the Cells back then this is what they were used for uh, they were used for ending rivalries ending these blood feuds you know Triple H Batista Undertaker Mankind, um, Undertaker Randy Orton, as we'll see as Undertaker Edge, uh, Triple H Cactus Jack, uh, they end these blood feuds, Undertaker uh, Lesnar, and, and when I say blood feuds, there's nothing short of blood in this match as well. Randy Orton bleeds, Undertaker bleeds, uh, Undertaker gets his revenge on Randy through so many uh, nuances with the chair using the urn against Cowboy Bob Orton and Randy. Uh, you know, bringing the urn back into play as is very uh, typical of Undertaker storylines back then. You know, whenever you're trying to get under the Undertaker's skin or gain control of him, you always go back to the urn. Um, you know, as we see many times... Um, throughout the mid-2000s and even later 2000s with his uh, WrestleMania storylines. But um, that's what we get here. We get revenge on Cowboy Bob Orton for sticking his nose into this rivalry. You get revenge on Randy. And I always remember that tombstone that Undertaker gives to Randy Orton. You know, that final nail in the uh, the rivalry cast. And he, ta he tombstones them and like Randy Orton... Um, he like has a compulsive shock, you know. He's like he's compulsing. He's giving up, and you know, as the final three count, and Undertaker can really put this demons to rest, and you know, focus on his, you know, the World Heavyweight Championship, and a 2006 uh, in his future. You know that amazing photo that they're able to capture at the end of the Ortons being escorted out of the arena with the referees. And you have the Undertaker silhouette behind them, you know, uh, holding his arms out with the urn as he just posed with the urn as well. Uh, it's just an amazing photo uh, that really caps off the rivalry. And just Orton being drenched in blood, uh, his father being cut open, the Undertaker, you know, being victorious over them. Uh, it's just such an underrated uh, match that a lot of people really don't talk about as much as they should. Uh, hopefully, you know, with the Randy Orton and Undertaker talk now with uh, Randy being at the Hall of Fame and uh, always uh, talking about the Undertaker, how influential he is to his career, you know, hopefully more, more and more people will um, take a look at this match more and more as they dive into the Undertaker-Randy Orton uh, rivalry. But it is one that is definitely underrated. Definitely one that should be going back and rewatched when you can. As it is just a fun match to end a rivalry. And I am uh, always um, always talking about this when it comes to Undertaker's uh, best Hell in a Cell matches. Underrated matches. 
as it fits multiple categories. But Undertaker vs. Randy Orton Armageddon 2005 is this week's underrated Hell in a Cell match of the week. And uh, stay tuned for next week as we talk about my last underrated Hell in a Cell match uh, in Undertaker's career as we get ready for the Hell in a Cell pay-per-view. And I may give you a, uh, a countdown of probably my favorite Hell in a Cell matches of The Undertaker uh, next week on my uh, top five list. So that's tentatively planned. And um, no really buried alive segment this week. You know, this is a, uh, you know, getting uh, time to edit my watch alongs and get this episode uh, planned. Didn't really plan on talking about a buried alive segment. Uh, I'll have one for you next week, I'm sure. Uh, but in the meantime, take a look at Ringside Collectibles for the Memorial Day sale. Take a look at Wrestling Figure Shop for figures uh, in stock. Add to your Undertaker collection or wrestling figure collections. And make sure to follow me on Twitter at CollectUpDead and on Instagram at CollectingDeadMan. Subscribe to my YouTube channel as I hope that you enjoy every bit of content that I put out there for you. And as always, join me here uh, next time, same taker time, same taker channel. It's about the times I usually put it on, whatever it is. But sometimes maybe Friday, sometimes maybe Saturday. Or is this time dropping on Memorial Day, holiday on Monday. Keep on rolling, baby, as always. I hope you have enjoyed this episode of Collecting Dead Man. Please continue to subscribe and leave us a five-star review where you can. Follow me on Twitter at CollectUpDead and on Instagram at CollectingDeadMan. Check out my Linktree page so you can find the links to all my merchandise stores, where you can find wherever this podcast is available, and where you can subscribe to my YouTube channel. Hit the like button and subscribe there as well. Please continue to support this podcast in any way you can. And until next week, Creatures of the Night, keep on rolling.